Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Elemental Whispers Podcast. I am the host of this podcast. My name is Diamira Rose D'Agostino. And if you are new here, this is your first time joining me. I want to say welcome and thank you. I hope you find something here that inspires you, that blesses you from the depths of the realms of sacred enchantment. And if you would like to know a little bit more about this podcast and the kind of content and episodes that are shared here, you might want to check out episode zero, which was the very first episode I recorded. It's a short 15-minute welcome episode that shares about the intention of this podcast and what you can expect. If you have been joining me for a while, and I imagine if you have been, then you are enjoying what you are hearing and all of the wisdom that is shared by the guests I bring on as well as stories that I am sharing from my own personal life experience, I would ask and invite you to please help me get the word out by number one, subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen. Number two, leaving a review. I know it takes a moment to add some stars and write a few lines, but It is so helpful and allows this work to be found by other people. So that is my request and I am thanking all of you who have left reviews wherever you listen and also for just your continued support and love of what I'm sharing here. Now, just like the last series of episodes that I've shared with you, the most recent ones, was a conversation between me and a guest, which I split into two parts. This was a conversation between me and another guest who I've also split into two parts because our conversation was so big and so full and very, very beautiful. So you will see as you begin to sink in to this juicy and enchanting conversation. One woman's journey of really owning who she is and allowing that experience of knowing herself as fairy to root her into her own belonging. So with that, I would like to introduce to you Tansy Bajant. Tansy has spent many years as a professional shamanic healing practitioner and intuitive guidance counselor, working with a range of healing modalities to support deep inner healing, growth, self-love, and empowerment in all who work with her. Tansy positions herself at the veil between the worlds of the physical and material and the spiritual and the imaginal. She works and walks between the worlds using different tools of communication, meditation, and tarot, 
and shamanic journeying to bring guidance and wisdom from the unseen world to support us in this world. Her own practice of meditation and tarot card reading, as well as experiences with intuition, fairy, and mediumship, began as a child. And as her life meandered through its many twists, turns, eases, and obstacles, a deep love affair and understanding of the mystical emerged, which led her onto the practicing and professional path of shamanism and spirituality. You can find Tansy online at tansyalexandra.com and on Instagram at tansy underscore Alexandra, which I will link to in the description of this episode and the show notes. She also has an amazing podcast called This Weird World. And weird is, of course, spelled W-Y-R-D. I am so excited for you to meet Tansy. She has shared so much of herself and her journey in this conversation that you're about to hear. And I know that you will feel the love and magic radiating from her, her voice, her words, her heart, just as I could all throughout our experience together. Welcome to Elemental Whispers Podcast, Tansy. I am so excited to have you here with me today and obviously with all the listeners who will be listening. And I have been looking forward to our conversation for a very long time. Thank you, dear Mira, so much for having me on your podcast. I have also um, just been so excited to come on your podcast and to have this beautiful conversation and sharing space together with you. So thank you for having me. You are so welcome here. And I can actually, although we did not invite or invoke them because obviously we're not doing ceremony, but even as we're talking, I can just feel this joyful celebration from all of the realms. And I feel that sometimes that joyful celebration has everything to do with two potentially long lost soul sisters of Fae <laughs> coming together and reuniting. So, um, so I'm just like feeling the joy and the celebration and from both my own heart, but also from the myriad realms of Gaia. And there's, there's just this flutter in the air. This, I said that this conversation has been a long time in coming because I want to just share and presence for a moment how you and I kind of met and we've been weaving back and forth as fairy people do. So we met a few years ago when I decided to sign up for a program that you were running that was around supporting people with crypto and in particular Bitcoin and really just educating um, the whole about the whole space. And I was very interested in that at the time. And you and I had a conversation and the whole world just lit up. It wasn't a between the worlds for me liminal. It was more as if the sparkles of the other world 
actually came through into this physical space. That's how I felt the space. And I just remember so many synchronicities happening in our conversation. One of us would say an image we were seeing and the other one would feel this deep resonance. And it was just this truly a sacred weaving. And I'm seeing the figure eight as I'm saying that. And so uh, obviously then we spent a great deal of time together in this wonderful group program that you led. And somewhere along the way, you and I, I'm not even actually sure how it happened, but somewhere along the way, you had me come on your podcast and we had a most magical conversation. But of course, it was your podcast and we highlighted about a lot about me. And I had said since then, which was back in the fall, I cannot wait to have you on Elemental Whispers so we can play and I can learn all about you. So even though I know some things, I don't want you to assume that I know anything and the listeners aren't going to know anything. So just regale, regale (laughs) me and everyone what I would like to begin with perhaps is what part of your journey wants to speak right now? Mm, I love that. I love that question. Um, because also I think when people ask me about my life, I can feel very discombobulated. It doesn't feel linear in some ways. It feels deep and evolved and all of the threads coming together. So finding a linear pattern feels difficult. So asking me what I am called to bring today is really, really helpful. Um, but I also just want to say how beautiful (laughs) our interactions have been. And just to kind of compliment what you just said, that when I see you, it's like this light inside of me just ripples up and I just find myself with this beaming smile. And sometimes it's so extreme, like the excitement and the happiness and the joy that like, I can't really speak. So it's a really funny feeling. And, um, it feels like a sisterhood, which is, I just love the play and I love, it's like two peas in the pod. So I just wanted to add to that. Um, (laughs) But I would say what came through for me when you asked me that was, what am I, what is coming through is really possibly my connection to nature. Um, From a really young age, I feel that I was so connected to nature. I felt so, I felt sometimes closer to nature than I did to people and I spent a whole year when I was seven just wearing black and just like eight plants around the garden it was just a very strange thing which my sister was like what's going on and I think that part of me wanted to be a witch but I I just couldn't I didn't know how colors went together I just wanted to wear black and I just wanted to be in the garden and I definitely felt more like a witch And it was just a strange thing at that age to just be so inspired by the witch and wanting to find all of these kind of witch handbooks, um, which I used to gather for like the kind of children or that age um, for myself to kind of go through and make these sort of magical concoctions. And I remember sort of shouting out once, I want to be a witch. And it was such a strange thing to want. Um, 
And I would say that this deep connection with with nature stayed with me throughout my life. And I became, my father was very esoteric. He was sort of deeply mystical. And I think as a young child, I wasn't that aware of it, but he was very accommodating of things that I saw, such as ghosts or strange things happening. And he was accommodating of that. So it brought a little bit of the mystical into my life, but essentially I was a bit more intellectual. So I sort of, my deep connection with nature was such that I wanted to do everything I could to protect nature. And so with that academic piece, those two interwove and I ended up pursuing education to the point of doing a master's in international environmental law. So all of my study came together to give me the tools I needed to protect the environment. And it it really stemmed from being a child to being an adult and being like, I've kind of taken up this sword, this legal sword. And it was a really interesting process because up until that point, I felt like everything had sort of worked for me. And then at that point during my, actually it was during my undergraduate degree, my life started to fall apart or really my father's life started to fall apart. He lost um, all his money in a big court case, which was very challenging and it was all to do with law. So it made me kind of question law. Then I went into do the environmental, international environmental law as a master's and it exposed to me the lack of care that was being given to the environment. So I think the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when we started, I was just feeling this deep connection with Gaia and this deep connection with nature and noticing how my life took me through this when I was a child, feeling very kind of connected to the witchiness of nature, to then going into this academic pursuit around nature, to then having that pursuit fall apart. I realized when I did my master's that I couldn't find a way through. I couldn't find a way to help. Um, I became kind of cynical uh, and I promised myself I never would, but I did because I could just see all of the kind of madness that had gone on. I could see the systems and the structures and I was like, oh my goodness. And I tried to work in many different capacities and each one I was met with this wall. You know, I thought if I try and keep protecting the environment through law, I'm going to destroy myself and I don't feel like I'm going to make any difference. So I then decided sort of on a whim to go and live in nature, to fly out to the mountains and just be in nature, just to play and to love and to be free and frivolous, uh, frivolous, you know, I just, people say, oh my gosh, what are you doing out there? You know, coming from this legal background, you know, every expectation that I would have this like prominent career and I'm there like playing in the mountains, like snowboarding, skiing, hiking, climbing. And I just thought, I just want to be in the place that I love. and then. From there, after spending a few years, I was like, I knew something started to come in. I became very spiritually connected uh, as I would hike up to the mountains on my own. And I would see, I would be just privy to things that no one else saw, like the sun setting with everything going pink. And I was the only person on the top of this mountain. And I felt like it was this huge display and I was there witnessing. It felt very magical. And I felt so protected and held. And I felt this deep connection with the earth in a way that it was no longer in my head, but really around me. And as I started to deepen into that, I felt this like um, spiritual longing. I felt that I had more of a purpose than just the play and the be being in. Um, 
and I started doing like going deeper into like learning how to teach meditation I'd started meditating um since I was a child but um deeper in that in those years and I really I started going deeper into tarot which is something again I'd learned as a child but had sort of moved away from when I went into the academic I started picking up tarot again and it all kind of coalesced and that brought me back to the UK it brought me back to England where I fell into this shamanic program, this shamanic course. And it was like everything kind of shifted in my life. Everything turned around or inside out. And I just became so aware of the kind of practical environment and then the internal environment, Gaia and nature. Like, And it was one of the most profoundly um, rewarding experiences of my life like all of the other pieces I'd felt that I was like you know kind of warrior and then a kind of player or like playful person and then I came into this kind of this sanctuary of knowing who I was where I was in what world and by pursuing that journey I found myself now in the most beautiful kind of witchy fairy cottage which would have been a dream since I was a child to live in a fairy story and live in a fairy cottage Uh, in that kind of witchy world and sometimes I wake up and I'm like I have created this space where um I have nature all around me nature kind of within me I know how to work with the elementals I am effectively a sort of white witch in how I work I'm a tarot reader I um I do a lot of um, manifestation and spells but like beautiful always in light always in love and it's amazing how I feel my whole journey. It's almost like I knew as a child, but I had to go on this, the seeking of mind body to get to the spirit. And now I have that kind of completion where I've gone through each and yeah, society doesn't really rate that journey very (laughs) at all. Um, And I can feel like I don't fit in, in any place because, um, yeah, when I was in the sporty place, you know, the spiritual and the academic is not really present in the academic, the sporty and the spiritual. So it's like, that's why I really loved how you asked me the question of what I want to bring right now of what my life was or is, because it would have come out in a very different way. Um, You know, it depends on who I speak to, because some parts of myself, I feel like haven't been able to be seen. But where I am now, I feel like all the parts of myself are accepted although it's not the way I would have thought I would live my life but very long <laughs> coming into what I'm bringing and who I am that is so beautiful I'm still hanging suspended in that energy that you transmitted when you said how did you say it in did you say embodied sanctuary you said something about a living sanctuary and I you said those words and I just dropped into this multidimensional living sanctuary of what you were sharing. And it's like totally the, I'm witnessing as you're describing your journey, which thank you so much for sharing this, like, the fullness of this beauty here with me and with us in this space because it is such a beautiful 
example of the hero's journey, the heroine's journey. It's like this full circle experience of like, as you were sharing the little girl calling, I want to be a witch and just, you know, frolicking around the garden and wearing black and saying, I want to be a witch. It was like, I saw her calling across time and space to your now self. Like, we want to be a witch. I want to be a witch. And it's like, it's like you in that moment, the call and response. Do you know like a song that's a call and response? It's like your now self is like responding and saying, we're a witch. Like, I want to be a witch. We're a witch. Look, we live in a in a forest, in a cottage. Like, we're a witch. I don't know. There was just this beautiful, it feels so precious and so quantum. And I, I, I'm just like, I'm oscillating. People are not going to be able to see me because the video is not recorded, but I'm oscillating in the, what do you call the atoms? Yeah. The atoms in their waveform as they're dancing with each other of your younger self and your older self and all coming together in this now moment. Thank you so much. (laughs) It's so beautiful. I, there's like three things that I want to pick out and I'm making a decision quickly which one that I want to, which one that I, which trail shall we travel down today? Um, So I am curious because I don't think that I mentioned this to, in the intro, other than very briefly touching on the fact that we were fairy sisters. Like I alluded to that, but I am very curious how fairy weaves in? Does fairy weave in? If it does, how does it weave in? And the main reason I'm presencing this now is because when I started, I said, yeah, we're fairy sisters. And I don't just say that to everybody. And I do feel like there's this special thing happening on the earth where, I mean, we've talked about it. There's so many of us we are finding our soul family. All of us are finding our soul family across, you know, states and continents and countries and oceans. And we're connecting with each other. And I do feel that there is a real living fairy lineage that is awakening, activating, coming online um, in the real sense of the world, in, in the world right now. And yeah, so I don't say that to everybody. And yet you and I have kind of had this little secret understanding with one another that we were fairy sisters. So I'm just curious what you want to say about that. Yes. Um, Before I say in response to that, I do want to say that the witch piece, I know that that can be a trigger for people. And I want to express like how I felt that as a child was in relationship to magic and nature. And so when I was like, I want to be a witch, it was like, I want it not like a dark black witch, but like a kind of white witch or how I imagine like a magical woman who worked with nature. And so I just wanted to like preface that because that's sort of where I am now rather than what some people still have this sort of misconception of that witch. And I think more just a, a female healer with the wild or with nature. 
And that also speaks to why the fairy, because you're thinking, well, if you're a witch, how would you have the fae? But the fae, the fairy is so much part of that nature and the magic, because so much of the magic comes through from the fairy realms. And so much of our connection with nature, you know, we're, we're feeling, we're sensing the fae. And the my journey with the fairy, because I also feel it with you, and I also don't have that fairy sister piece, and I don't know if I could ever have articulated it in that way, because I don't think I was ever given permission to recognize that I could have been from the fairy realm. I think I just always felt like I was pursued by the fairy. And so to explain that, I'm my name is Tansy, which we have a little book um, in the UK. I don't know if it was in America, but it's the Flower Fairy series. And one of the flower fairies is called Tansy. And she has a little wreath of yellow uh, Tansy flowers in her hair because Tansy is a flower. And I had that image. Um, In fact, I thought I had it down there, but I don't. But I have had it in my life the whole way through. So it was like in a... um, a uh like just on my side in a picture on my mantle when I was little my mum had painted my bed base with fairies and tansy flowers so people would always sort of say and I had a friend called Lily and people would my best friend and people would say oh the two fairies like tansy and Lily so I always had this sort of articulation of being a fairy or being followed by the fairy And I found recently um, boxes from when I was younger and I have all of these cards, like almost every single one of my birthday cards has a fairy on it. Um, So I just, around me, there was just the fairy. So I always had that kind of sense and I used to play with like a friend and fairies in the garden. It was always like with fairies and building little fairy houses. And then as I got older, so when I kind of went in slightly more into my intellectual, I went traveling and I was going to come to the UK to do my my um, undergraduate degree at university. And I decided I wanted to get a really innocuous tattoo. So just something, just something written, just um, probably like below my belly, like just somewhere where you literally would never see it. Something tucked away, really hidden, really discreet. And when I went in to get the tattoo, it was like something completely else took over my mind. It was like, no, 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 you need to get a big picture of a fairy like right on your back. And I was thinking, I don't know, I don't know about this. And it was so complete. And I, so I, wa- I went back and forward with the tattoo artist, right? Like while I was in New Zealand, which is where my father's from. So it's kind of my link there. And, you know, it was weeks for him to get perfect what I wanted. So I had plenty of time to say I didn't, but it was like, it just totally overtook me. I need to have a fairy on my back. And she would have little yellow um, tansy flowers in her hair and she would be sleeping. And when I die, she would wake up and kind of bring my soul to the earth because I felt like part of me was fairy. She was just sort of hidden inside. And um, what's interesting as well is at the time, I felt like people don't believe in fairies and some people aren't going to believe in me. So I just need to kind of respond to the people that do believe in me, that do believe in fairy even like that are opening to the possibilities of who I am including kind of what fairy is and so I now have a huge tattoo of a fairy on my back (laughs) and so that followed me like you know so that was all the way through uni like I obviously had just had it like and when I'd go to parties you know I'd have people like drawing on it with UV paint so it was always standing out so people would always call me the fairy so 
I have a, a lot of friends in the world who I haven't seen for years who still call me the fairy. And um, my partner, when I met him um, here, Alina, he said like the first thing that came out of his mouth was, you're very fey. He's like, there's a very fairy quality to you. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, how, I don't remember what we said, but we were on a call and you said something about the fairy. And I think I went, oh my gosh. Yes, the fairy has followed me. And I told you about my my tattoo. And you were telling me about your relationship with the fae and the fairy. And suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, I know you. Like, I know you gave me permission, dear Mira to recognize that it wasn't just a something kind of ephemeral that was just always around me. And I also, in my mind, I'm constantly thinking about fairy stories, like how to write a fairy tale. It's like I have a living book inside me that has never come out about the fae. And um, and you've given me permission to recognize that it's not out there, but it's actually inside me as well. You know, it is out there, the fae, but that there is a part of me, the living me, that is of the Fae. Um, and I felt, I think when we spoke about that, I think I had, I got teared up because when I go to places where I feel this energy, this quality of melancholy, it's these beautiful forests or where the sun's just coming through and there's ferns and there's like maybe a little bit of water. There's a part of me that in that beauty has this deep longing and that there's something about my form that doesn't feel right in relationship to it that I then think, oh, I just have to go home. That's part of me wants to remain in that space, kind of disembodied. And I feel that I, yeah, you gave me a permission to recognize that I very likely came from the Fae and I've been there, I've known it. Um, and that's why I would have got the tattoo as well. It was calling to me to that, yes, in human form, it's asleep. The fairy is asleep. But when I die, that fairy can wake up. I can become a fairy again. You know, it's that's the sort of play. There are so many beautiful, I call them codes, key codes, that you have transmitted even in the sharing of the tattoo of that cyclical nature, that life and death, and almost that, I mean, there are so many layers in that part of the story alone that are encoded with fairy magic. Everything from, again, that that death and rebirth cycle. And of course, the way that I know fairy is that they are mediators of life and death. They stand at oftentimes at that crossroads of the life and death moment in time. And the way you describe that, I also had this image of Sleeping Beauty. And Sleeping Beauty, if you know how to read the codes behind the energy behind the fairy or the folk tales is that sleeping beauty is actually a tale of fairy beauty is oftentimes an encoded word that means fairy in in folk tales so and i was just seeing like how she again falls asleep and then she there's this rebirth that happens and so there was just so many i, I mean it was as if you were speaking human on one level. And then I just want to, you know, like recognize and presence that I was also receiving. And I hope everybody 
that was listening and is going to listen is receiving that there was multiple layers and levels to that whole piece that you just shared. I mean, you know, like Jesus spoke in parables and <laughs> there's like the, and there's like the parable has like different layers of story and everybody receives it at their level of consciousness. That was like the parables of Tansy. And <laughs> you were just like sharing this beautiful parable um, with all of these different layers of meaning. And so I feel like you could go back and re-listen to that segment alone to just hear the different layers of mystery that you were like weaving. Um, so I, I just wanted to speak to that. And this story of, well, first of all, before I go into that, thank you so much for telling me that and for telling me that I don't think that I knew that you felt that permission giving like from our interaction. And that is such a gift. And it's such a gift. It's a, uh, an exquisite honor to be able to, to have been that for you. And yeah, I, I'm just, I'm very moved and it's one of my deepest desires is to help unlock the fairy. And for a long time, I did that by helping people unlock like their relationship with fairy, like the realm of fairy, right? And and working in partnership and allyship with the beings that are on the other side of the veil, right? In the other world. And I still, that is still a great part of my work. And over the last four or five years, as I've fully given myself permission, I realized that there's even a, this deeper layer of, oh, I'm helping unlock the codes of fairy in humanity, like in the humans who have fairy. And so many of us do. Um, and I... I'm like, there's so much that wants to be spoken. And I want, I also want to be like really, um, I want to be delicate because it, it's a tender topic, but you know, with all of us, as we stand, you know, you mentioned like the aversion to the word witch and, you know, in a lot of, well, my circles, I'll speak to my circles. There's a, a trend and an, a necessary trend right now where people are doing a lot of healing around the witch wound and those different layers of which usually have to do with sharing our gifts and coming forward and these fears of persecution and this sort of thing. And in some ways, the archetype of fairy and and by archetype, I'm actually talking about actually I'll say fairy human, the human who is has fairy energy like us, also comes with its own set of challenges that I have found in this modern day that is preventing people from fully shining their fairy soul self, their innate magic that lives in them that literally they could do nothing else but sit there and 
smile all day long. And that if they were fully just being them, that energy would just radiate out and bless, if not humanity, certainly Gaia, like the living world of plants and animals and uh, minerals and so forth. And so some of the, like in your share, I just want to hold it in such tenderness and preciousness because you presenced so many of those specific, what I call woundings for lack of a better word of like that, again, being almost like um, holding back and like not owning. I don't know if you use that word, but it's like an owning of like giving that full permission of just being our full fairy self. And it doesn't have to mean talking about fairy necessarily like I do or, you know, teaching a fairy class. It's not about that at all. It's about just being us unapologetically and, and, and just seeing and following that energy and where that takes us. And yeah, so I'm just curious if you want to share anything for anyone out there specifically who maybe is in that place that you were, that they have a connection to fairy, no doubt. They are, fairy is manifesting in their life through, like you, maybe tattoos and people calling them fairy saying, oh my God, you have fairy, you have such fairy energy or whatever, but it's just following them. And yet they haven't made and I don't want to call it a jump, but they haven't, there hasn't clicked over into like that bloop, 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 <laughs> like that full rolling into, and I'm just seeing like the butterfly kind of coming forward in their full fluttering. Like that's what I was hearing, I think, is a fluttering. What would you say to that person? Or yeah, does that bring forward anything for you? Yes, it does. I think... What it brings up for me, I think for me, it was the permission that you gave me that has was really transformational. And that's what I would want to share is that just, I think having fairy energy, having fey energy, it feels like, okay, well, that's just a quality. It's not a being. It's not a, it's, it's just a quality that emits from you, but it's not something that you are. And I think it was the claiming that it was something that I actually am that allowed me to realize that I could let that shine more deeply. I didn't ever make the connection that surrounding myself with fairy or coming into my life was an invitation for me to recognize the fairy in myself. I just was an observer. Oh, that's funny that people always say that, or yeah, that's what people say, but never claiming it in any way as being something that I actually was. And I really wish, um, I think it's one of those things of like journeying through life that you start with so many of the gifts that ultimately you will want to use or that you'll want to do. It's like I, I often say through my practice um, of like uh, intuitive guidance counseling and all of those things, it's what did you love to do as a child? Because what I loved to do as a child was to be in nature, was to dance. And I was very um, ethereal. I really love to dance ethereally. I would have loved, you know, like kind of silks and 
Um, I would have loved glitter and, but I was, you know, I like to sing, but I was really put down by a lot of people in my life. Like, you know, making me feel silly for how I danced. It wasn't cool. You know, it was, why are you dancing like that? Or, you know, you don't have a nice voice or, um, I just had to kind of resist all of the things that I kind of was and grow up, you know, you weren't allowed to, and I don't know if it's a kind of English versus American thing, but, you know, you really had to fit into a sort of certain box and I wasn't allowed to kind of express myself through like bizarre clothing you would have been stared at, you know, so, or dancing strangely or just kind of out in the world. And I think throughout my life, when I would go for runs, I love going runs on my own. And when there's no one around, I would dance to the music and I would, you know, just go all out. And sometimes I would go really ethereal, but I would make sure I did that when no one was watching. The same with singing. I only sing in the car um, or when I'm completely alone. And I, I found moments in that that I loved, but I would never share it. And I didn't know kind of why it was there. And when I'd go to those places where I felt that melancholy, where I felt that beauty that I wanted to touch, but kind of couldn't, I would never share that with anyone. I wouldn't tell anyone. It just felt like a strange sort of feeling uh, inside, but nothing that I really latched onto. And I think as I've got older, I've given my, I, you know, I saw a friend who, you know, when she was in her thirties wearing sparkly unicorn trainers. And I was like, What? I never knew I was allowed to wear sparkly unicorn trainers. Like it was almost a strange feeling that I've lived my whole life that I wasn't able to actually be who I wanted to be. And so I would say that, yeah, now I dance, I buy the clothes that I want to wear that are more ethereal, are I I've, I'm definitely working with the singing. I think all of these pieces of myself, like I'm really learning how to bring them out and allow them to be shared. I think that's the difficulty. But I think that you underestimate, you know, what you gave me when you allowed me to actually be of the fairy, because I realized it was in me. So the magic was sort of in me. My connection with nature was in me. My connection to the fairy was in me. My ability to to kind of dance as I would want to dance. Like even if I wanted to dress like kind of elven or I could do that. I, cause I felt like, well, I'm just expressing a part of me. I'm not appropriating something that doesn't belong to me. And I think that was the difference. I think the ownership comes in realizing it genuinely is, a, it is who you are. And that's what I would say. I would say it's that permission to realize that it's not just a, identifying with fairy it's a belonging to the fairy that concludes part one of our two-part conversation the second part will be released in a couple of weeks and i hope you are enjoying this conversation and feeling as blessed by the sharing of tansy's story as i was If you'd like to connect with Tansy, you can find her and all of the offerings that she shares at her website, tansyalexandra.com, which I will link to in the description and show notes. Tansy offers tarot readings, meditations, and is also the host of 
a podcast, This Weird World, and I'll link to that as well as the episode we did together also. Now, if you are in the middle of your own awakening, of your own journey of deepening in relationship with the sacred realms of Gaia, of remembering who you are at the deepest level, I would invite you to check out Initiation, My Fairy Soul Awakening. It details my early spiritual journey of awakening into the realms of fairy, but it's not just an account, but really meant to be a light in the darkness to remind you that you're not alone and also to highlight some of the struggles and pitfalls along the way that I fell into in my young naive years. Pitfalls that are so common as we embark on our own spiritual journey of awakening and soul remembrance. Now, if you would like some support I have essences available on my website to support you. These are essences of flowers, trees, but also essences of the fairy realm, of the dragons, to support that soul remembrance and deep transformation. I also have available several offerings and ways of working privately and one-on-one together, one of which is going to be released very shortly. So make sure that you are on my email list, diamirarose.com, so that you don't miss out on this opportunity if it's something that you are interested in. So it's going to be for those people who are really devoted to knowing themselves more deeply so they can live the fullness of who they are on a soul, spirit, and human level. It's about awakening into their own personal mythos and story and about awakening into their interdependent and interconnected part within the great web of life. It's for those who feel that sacred calling within them to be in service to the planet, to the collective, to community. This is not a business offering at all. As you know, that is not my wheelhouse. But what this is, is a work that will not only bless you, but ultimately bless the world around you. As always, it's been a pleasure and it is my great honor to share a pathway of magic and living enchantment from the fairy and spirit realms to you, wherever you may be. Blessings from the heart of New Avalon. Oh.